may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be home. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm glad to be home. Yes, hallelujah. You know, somebody said, well, why, why you do it? Why you did it? Because nobody else doing it. Nobody else doing it. If you could take back the little boy that was born deaf and dumb and he was yours, you'd be glad I went. And when I go, the Bible says that there are elders in the church that teach. There are pastors, people that are raising up. You don't lack anything when I'm gone except your control of me. And, and I don't mean that fictitiously, and, and I don't say it to those that don't, but I do say it to the skeptics that think we are only one-faceted in God. Paul was a prophet, an apostle, and a teacher. Peter was an apostle and a pastor. And, you know, many times we don't know what God's called us all to do. But I do know that over the millions of people that have given their life to Christ, that not one of them would I send to hell. Now, maybe you could, but I couldn't select one of them and send them to hell. And that's what would happen if I wasn't there. So, even though it's been a hectic summer, it's been a productive one. And, uh, you know, so uh, we just had to catch up on some things. And, uh, but I do want to let you know that uh, I'm not pulling back. I'm going forward. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say no to the world. And until the body of Christ rises up and takes its rightful place as believers and evangelizes the world, then I will have to go. Now, I pray that one day you will tell me, stay home and take it easy, Pastor. And if you think it's nice flying 50 hours one way, it's not. Then get off the airplane, get in the van, and drive another seven or eight, nine hours. It's not. It's not nice. It's not glorious. And uh, to eat food that you wish that you couldn't even smell anymore. And, uh, but I'm telling you that the time is short, and it's not the time to be selfish. And like I said, you're, you're not lacking. Where's Pastor Rick? I heard he preached last Sunday. Did he do any good? Well, there you go. Yeah, but that wasn't you. Get over yourself. Hallelujah. Come on. We are in this for the kingdom. We're not in this for selfish purposes. Do you understand me? Listen to me. We are not here for selfish purposes. We're here for the kingdom. And people, every 10 seconds, 26 people die. 25 of them are known as non-Christians. I don't know. But I will tell you this. 
that you will not be able to stand before God and Him not say, Only Believe Ministries was a self-centered church. So, having no further ado, where is Eric, that guy? There he is. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, we are grateful for being able to go. Aren't we are, we, Pastor. We sure are. We you are. Bet. Hallelujah. We got to win souls. He who wins souls is wise. Yep, that's right. And uh, so, we're going to show a little clip, and then we're going to talk about some things that happened. And uh, here's Andrew because he couldn't sleep. Ninety miles on the highway, every day moving so fast, taking all the wrong ways out. Never saw you coming, stopping me in my tracks, keeping me from the long way down. Doesn't matter just how many times I tried, there could only be a single reason why. So tell me. But I was signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. I think signs and wonders One thing that we must realize tonight, that death is not strong enough to hold back God's plan. I'm telling you, God has a plan and a purpose for you. I command deaf ears in the right ear right now. I command you in Jesus' name to come out. Yes, Eric. Pastor this man came tonight. He's been deaf in his left ear for one year. Tonight after prayer, he can hear clearly. Hey, hallelujah.
stable. We give it, we give it. Come on, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I come before you again in Jesus' name. You know and see every person on this field. And under the sound of my voice. God, I pronounce a blessing in their family and in their lives and in their homes. You can see the stars align, but I know that it's more than time. I believe it goes just happen like that, happen like that, happen like that. Right before I hit the Hallelujah. That was uh, that one lady that uh, was delivered after 22 years. She was demon possessed. She was known in her community. She couldn't walk. Right. The, the devil would throw her to the ground when she yep. tried to walk. Every time she'd get up, take a step, yep. the devil would throw her to the ground. Yep. She got delivered, got up, yep. and walked. Yeah, they're still talking about that testimony right now, Pastor Imawawa. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the lady don't know her community, maybe like some Christians, don't give a hoot about her kids or her family. But that's not who we are. We are Christians. Right. And we are going to do what Christ told us to do. Amen? Amen. And so that young lady was set free. She can get married. She could have a prophet. She could have a pastor, evangelist. She may have someone that will come to America and start fire for the kingdom of God. Amen. I don't know what God has in store for all these people, but I'll tell you this. I know that we as Christians have got to give it all so that every person can know. Amen. Amen? Amen. And uh, if nobody else does it, then let's be branded as the people that are crazy enough to do it. Right, right. Well, Pastor, we, we talk about this all the time. We're people of faith, right? We value relationships yep. and we're rescuers. So we're, every person that comes to Christ in that crusade is added to your account. Over 18,000 people are on their way to heaven because you allowed us to go. We couldn't do without you, right, no, Pastor? absolutely and, not. And, and so, you know, I think the challenge we faced in this crusade was probably the worst crusade we've had ever for weather we've ever experienced. Yep. We had three days of rain, so... We should have had double those numbers, maybe triple those numbers, but unfortunately, we just got clobbered by rain on Friday night. Literally, it was just downpours. Uh, we still preached to a few thousand people that yep. stood out there in the rain, as we did, and yep. got soaking wet. We had a, we had a, uh, that night, we had two drunks instantly delivered and set free, yeah, and, yeah, stroke victim, got her mobility back. I mean, they're sitting there yeah. pouring rain. They're in, their, they're in uh, mud up to their ankles, and we thought, well, yep. we're, we're going to have to go out there and talk. If they're going to stay out in the rain, we're going to do the same thing, and we did. And uh, we got wet, but uh, Jesus was lifted up and glorified. The Bible says we lift him up. He draws all men unto him, right? Yeah. So that's what we did. But the rain was really a, a trial. Yeah. We, uh, Sunday night, we had a good crowd coming. If you, if you probably look at that video a little closer, you see these storm clouds all over the place. I mean, just every single day. Uh, and they came. The rain come. The people would scatter. The rain and stopped. The they come back again. Scatter. Come back. I thought. Of, uh, witchcraft and uh, um, 
demonic yeah. activity and yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but 18,000 people came to Christ. Yes, we got sir. a chance to give Bible school curriculum to over 300-plus pastors. Now they're teaching well-balanced diets to the churches, becoming miracle workers in their own right, so maybe we don't have to yep. go back to Mawawa, Pastor. Amen. And we're seeing, we dug three water wells. They're drinking clean drinking water for the first time in their lives. you got to understand this. Yeah. This is, this is something where so many people come to crusades complaining of stomach aches, you know, just abdomen problems. It's because they're drinking yep. horrible water. But see, we got a chance to do three water wells there. The pastors touched. Pastor Randy did a great job with children's ministry. Over oh, 20,000 yeah. children were impacted while we were there. Just great, great yep. time. I believe the next generation, God's going to raise up to be pastors, preachers, evangelists. I believe we're touching that crusade. So, church, we did it. We do it together. Can't do it yep. without you. I know pastor seems a little, yep. a little tired right now, but he's going to be okay. We're yeah. going to get through this uh -huh. message. But uh, it is. It, it's, it's a wear and a tear in your body, but you know what? It's worth it for souls, and we appreciate you allowing us to go, Amen. and we just couldn't do it without you. Thank you for your prayers and your support. Yep. All right. Thank you, Eric. Praise God. Eric says I'm tired because I, I sometimes I just tell the truth, and I don't try to sugarcoat it. And uh, so that's what he means by I'm tired. So if any rough things, just drop it off. Hallelujah. Pretend like you're raising your kids. All right, hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles today to Mark, the fourth chapter, and verse 26. We started talking about law. The laws of the spirit of life have set us free from the laws of sin and death. Now, the laws of the spirit of life have been given to us by God. They are master keys to living life. And if we do not incorporate these master keys, then what will happen is the devil will continue to take ground and gain uh, leverage over our life. And uh, so as we start talking about the laws of God, the laws of God are God's voice, Deuteronomy 27.8. It is God's will, Psalms 40 through 8. It's the word of his mouth, Job 22. It is a way of peace and unity, Psalms 119 and 166. It is, the law is a commandment, which is to be a collar for our life. In other words, it is to guide us. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. Let us not soon quit, quickly forget that, that we are not our own, but we are bought with a price. Amen? And uh, so when we look at the laws of life, the laws of life have been given to set you and I free from the laws that have dominated men that have not possessed righteousness. Jesus himself, gave himself for our sins that he might bear our sins that we might obtain his righteousness. Now, the spirit of the laws of life operate when men operate in those laws. Now, let me say this very quickly. If you are critical, despiteful, if you are unkind, if you are a tale-bearer, if you are a sower of discord, please 
Don't think that the laws of life are going to work for you. Because the wrath of man, James 1.19, the wrath of man is kind of a hidden phrase. It simply means the emotional state of man instead of truth, when it dominates him, it stops the work of righteousness. So when you get riled up, you want to say this, you want to say that, go ahead, just say it. Just say it. And just break the connection that Jesus shed his blood to bring you into. I'm, I'm telling you this, the laws of the spirit of life are master keys to life. But you know, if you hate your brother, you aren't going to heaven. You, you, you aren't going to make it. That's a spiritual law across the board. If you don't love, then faith will never work because it worketh by love. These are spiritual laws that you and I as believers must embrace and initiate in order to live a Christian life. Life and death are in the power of tongue. Why would we curse a man then use our tongue to bless a holy God? He said, this is not what's going to happen. All you do is loose hell. And let me tell you something, if the fires of hell are loose, they'll burn you on their way out. Yep. And so I, I'm just talking to you, getting warmed up. I know some of you are saying, don't we have a lunch appointment? No, you don't. But I want to encourage you that you pay attention. Could this be one of the reasons that we as Christians live well beyond the abundant life. Amen. Yep. Warring against the factions of our own family of faith and body of Christ. That's not good. Not good at all. All right. Mark the fourth chapter in verse 26. Remember that the uh, laws of God are God's voice, they are his will, they are the words of his mouth. Now, the laws of God are divine and they are eternal. It's kind of like, uh, why can't man, if we all come from the same seed, if everything came from the same seed, if it was all, uh, yeah, evolution, then everything could procreate with everything around it. A cat cannot mate with a dog. I don't care what science does, it can't. Why? It is a law. It's a law. Why can't same-sex marriages have children? It's a law. Man and woman. Well, they're going to pass it. doesn't matter what they pass to try to make it acceptable to man, God has already declared the law. And it will not be any other way. Amen? Now, 
people violate the law and marry same sexes, but Christians violate the law and talk evil about one another. So what is the difference of their sin and our sin? Oh, let me, let me show you. Right here. Same wages, same end, same hell. Yeah. Uh, so we have to make sure that we live by these laws. You ever wonder why the sea doesn't run over and flood all the cities around it when the world rotates? Law. You ever wonder why the sun rises in the morning and not at 12 o'clock at night? It's a law. Ever wonder why the moon comes out? It's a law. Ever wonder why all of creation mate, like all the deer across America, a mate will mate in the same season? Why is that? Law. Why is it that fish can live under the water but dogs will die under it. Law. In other words, it is the commandment of God. And whether you like it or not, you cannot, nor will we ever be able to violate those laws by human uh, initiative and wisdom. We cannot do it. They are given to us to guide us. It is like a collar, not to do one wrong, but to lead one to abundance. And so God gives us command, like go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a command. It's a law. Every believer must do it. Yep, hallelujah, thank God. Oh, let's get in it. Mark, the fourth chapter, and verse 26. And he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should, sow, should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, and he knoweth not how. In other words, you may not understand all the laws of the kingdom, not our job to know them or understand how they work. It is our job to live by them by faith. And then it says this, from the earth, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and that the fruit of the corn is in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth forth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Now let's look at a few things. The law, the kingdom of God, is like the law of sowing and reaping. Can you stop the law of sowing and reaping? No. Oh, well, you just don't sow. There is the problem. That's not the whole law. The law is you sow and you reap. So if the laws of the kingdom of God are put into a man's hands, like seed is, now the man is responsible for the harvest that takes place in his life. 
if I give you seed, then I've given you a harvest. And that seed will produce harvest for your life. But if you don't live by the sowing process and the reaping process, it's not that the law is wrong, it's that we have not submitted to the wisdom of the law. And so if you give seed to a man, now it's up to him. He's responsible for the level of life that he will live. You're right. You can live in poverty and have the law in your heart. You can live in sickness and disease. You can live in strife and division, hatred, confusion. You can live anywhere you want and have the laws of life in your heart but not apply them to your life. We are who we are because of the life that we have committed to God. Amen. When I say life, I mean that he is Lord. And that just doesn't mean that you say Jesus is Lord and buy you a big T-shirt. The devils know he's Lord and say so. It means that you commit your life to him fully, you surrender your will, your decisions, your likes, your dislikes, and you become consumed with his passion for his will. You do things you don't like doing because he likes them to be done. Amen? And I think that the first thing that we need to do as Christians is reestablish who Jesus is in our life. Because if we took a toll for one week and just wrote down things that we didn't do that he told us to do in the Bible, I wonder how many of us would only fill half the sheet. All of us would fill the sheet up. Did you pray for your brother today? Well, some of them. Didn't say some of them. He said pray until Christ be formed in them. Have you desired that your brother prosper above you? Absolutely not. Oh, there you go. Have you had this world's goods and heard or seen a brother that didn't have them but you never took him yours. Well, there you go. And the list goes on and on. And I just say that is because we are totally disconnected from half of what Christianity is. And we still want to live by the laws of the spirit of life when we are opening the door for the laws of sin and death. So we have to look at ourselves. 
we have to view ourselves so that we are in righteousness that the law of life may work for us. Hmm? Hallelujah. Okay. Well, let's get on. I can see you're just overthrilled with this. So, uh, so realize that God gives you in your hands the laws of life. Now, you can use them or you can just stick them in your pocket. And you can confess everything about your life that a man that has harvest would have. But you'll never have them because you're not applying the law of sowing and reaping, the law of the kingdom. Everybody understand what I'm saying? You say, well, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, we're tired of that point. But the point is, you still got to get this point. And then the Bible tells us that it's sown and it will bring forth fruit. Of course, it tells us to stock a leaf and so forth. And then we put in the harvest. But the harvest is not until the end of consistency and perseverance. You hear that? It doesn't just happen because you did it once. It happens because you have resigned yourself to spiritual law. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm even excited. So, Romans 8, 1 through 3 tells us that we have the spirit of the laws of the spirit of life and it has freed us from the law of sin and death. Now think of that. We have the laws. Somebody say we have them. If you have the laws of the spirit of life, if you don't use them, automatically you will be bound by the laws of sin and death. Sin and death, you, it will govern your life. You can't be ruled by two forces. You have to choose what you're going to live by. And sometimes we get so accustomed, so accustomed to the activity of familiar spirits that run through the hallways of the laws of sin and death that we become totally unaware that they're working and that they're even there. You know, once you start a rumor, you have to add to it because when they ask you if it's true, now you have to add, you make a lie. Now, all of these are hell-headed ways of living, but Christians, because they are not governed by the Scripture. You know, the Scripture says, don't repeat a matter. In other words, what comes in your ear should never come out of your mouth like it does your back end when you've had bad spaghetti. 
Some Christians are just trash mouths. You know, they got a flusher connected to their ear. Because all they do is repeat stuff that is inconsistent with blessing. Do you know that whatever you sow, you're going to reap? If my wife constantly talked about somebody, pretty soon I'd say, stop cursing us! But because we are afraid to set standards of the laws of life, we just let that stuff continue in our homes. This was not even where I'm going today. I know what. But it'll be a great message next week. So, but what I'm telling you is pretty soon, have you ever had sulfur water in your house? Pretty soon, you get used to it. But everybody else can smell the stench of sulfur water. You know that? Had a lady one time, she said, Pastor, I can't smell. I said, okay. I said, just come and just sit in the service, and pretty soon your God will heal your nose. So one day her little boy was in the grocery store and she said, what is that awful smell? And he said, mommy, it's poop. (laughs) Well, she had never smelled poop. Well, God healed her. But before God opened up her nostrils, she was unoblivious of what she was doing contaminating all the people around her. Now, I'm sure that she has smelled hundreds of poop since that day. Maybe she's kept a diary. I don't know. But what I'm telling you is lots of times people, because they lose their sensitivity because of taking the collar of the laws of Jesus' lordship off, they become oblivious of familiar spirits' activity. We want to be careful because I'm telling you, he knows he has a short time and he is here. And he is seeking to destroy our families. And if you are being ruled by the laws of sin and death, you are being disconnected from the authority of the righteous. And you will not be able to break powers that any Christian should be able to break because of the law of sin and death we become familiar with its activities. So we want to break that. So in the laws of the kingdom of life, there is a harvest. When we use those laws, you and I set our life up for an influx of harvest, 
of transforming or change in our families. If you will start living in the laws of the spirit of life that we're going to talk about, I don't apologize for taking the time to get here, but what I am saying to you, if you will live under the laws of the spirit of life, Jesus said this, if you will live by the words I say unto you, you will never see death. In other words, death will not rule you in this life, nor will it be able to limit you in this life. And all the blessings that God wants to bring up on the seed of the righteous are all held back because of the laws of sin and death. Let's, if we're going to live for Jesus. Now I know you're saying, man, I have a buddy, I tell you, I, I need to go lukewarm, secret friendly, I need something. No, what you need is a good dose of self-examination. Look at yourself and find out, am I really a Christian? Would Jesus be doing what I'm doing? Ask yourself. Don't be afraid of yourself. Be afraid of hell. Be afraid of him that can kill you, destroy the body, and cast your soul into hell. That's what you want to fear. But right now, we're under a grace period, a mercy period. Judge yourself, and you'll not be judged. I'd been out working, and uh, I know that might be a shock to you, but I was out working. And uh, so I came in, and I was out in the mulch and all that kind of stuff. And I uh, came in. And I got ready to go somewhere, and I went to put my sandal on, and I realized that that shower had not got my toes as clean as my flip-flops was presenting them. That's right, they were black around the edge. Oh, I would never do that. Yes, you do. And my toes looked horrible. I did the lazy thing, sprayed them with a hose, and they just still look black. What did you do? Well, I did what any man would do. Turned the shower on and stuck my feet in there until they got clean. Didn't you take another shower? No, my body was clean. My feet were dirty. And you know what? Sometimes we don't realize just how stained we are in the world that we're traveling through. That we pick up things, laws, things that are common to other people, and we allow them to become a part of our Christian life. Well, let's just say our life, not a Christian life at all. And I, look, I know you and I know me. And we're all Christians. I want to do everything I can to live for Jesus. What I don't want to do is miss the first load. I mean that. You got one chance. Let's take advantage of it. Amen? Hallelujah. So, 
in this passage of Scripture, we see that the laws of the spirit of life are given and put into your hands. You have everything it takes to have a life filled with harvest. But if we don't apply our faith to these laws, we will never see a harvest. Could it get an amen? All right, praise God. So, let's go to Joshua 1. Joshua 1, 6. Joshua 1, 6. How you doing, bud? I know you are. Huh? Blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. I just said that, bud, to make connection to how's your mother? Praise God. Wow. Uh, Jim, you do me a favor. Go get me a dried limb. And off the same tree, get me a limb that is green. Do you know the difference? Okay. You know what a tree is. I don't care if it's big, small. Get me a dried limb and a green limb. Thank you, Jim. Now, Joshua 1, 6, and it says this. Be strong. Be of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto you and unto your fathers to give them. Now notice, this is a settled deal. God said, I'm giving it to you. I gave my word, and that's the way that it is. It says, but only be strong. Be very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that thou mayest prosper. Prosper whatsoever thou doest. Now, what makes Joshua prosperous? The law the laws of the spirit of life, the laws that came from the mouth of Almighty God. And then it says, And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe, observe to do. Laws are not just to go into our quivers of knowledge. They are to be used and applied. And it says, according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make, even if you're right now living in the worst condition, you can by activating the laws of the spirit of life, cause your life to be prosperous and have good success. And then it says, have not I commanded thee, be strong, be of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. 
What makes Joshua successful and prosperous? The laws that God has given him. The laws of the spirit of life that set us free from the penalty of sin and death. Now, God tells Joshua, be strong. That word strong, I looked up, and it means to lay hold of it. In other words, take it as your own. That's what he's saying to him. When you discover these laws while you're meditating them and going through them, when you find one, say, this is for me. This is mine. Not for every, this is mine. And then to be of good courage, it means to be steadfast-minded. It means to prevail. It means to be solid. It means to make firm. In other words, stop being tossed to and fro. God's given you the laws of life to prosper and to live in good success. Choose his way, not the way of Egypt. And so, when God says, take them, lay hold, get strong-minded, quit letting the devil steal everything that God said to you. Well, I just wondered if... No, no, don't wonder. Take hold of it and say it's mine. I'm just telling you, all the blessings of Abraham belong to me. They're mine. Mine, mine, mine. Well, what about us? I don't know. But if I was you, I'd start saying, no, they're mine, mine, mine. But see, we don't think that. We are weak-minded. We refuse to take what God said about us. And we replace it with thoughts that will never lead to life and good success. See, there is a difference in believing the Word of God and believing God. Hey, thank you, Jim. Is David here? I need your son. I just had a thought while I was preaching. Might have been in pump. Well, so were them teens. Okay. Is he here? Anybody know David? Is he here? <laughs> I answered that question. All right. Next week, you need to do this again in the middle of the service. <laughs> okay. So I don't forget what, okay. what was just said to me, okay? Oh. He's, he's going on vacation Sunday. I mean, Monday. <laughs> so he won't be here next week. He's going on Monday. That's not Sunday. Yes, but he won't be back that Sunday. Your, your family is just like you, confusing. I'm glad you recognize it. No. <laughs> now, now you know what to pray for. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. See, there's a... Do you ever run around with him? Iron sharpens iron right there, buddy. You hold them. I think David's coming. Hallelujah. I'd hate that God gave me something to do and the guy who wants it done with is not even here. So, go to Luke and we're going to close up with this very quickly. This is a state of too many believers. Luke 5 and verse 1. Luke 5, 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw (coughs) two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. He entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would cast or thrust out a little uh, from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night and have not taken anything, neither. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When he had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net broke. And they beckoned unto their partners that they would, in the other ships, that they would come over and take a fair share of it, and they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. You know what Peter believed in? He believed in Jesus. You know what he did not believe? The law of his mouth. Too many Christians believe in God but would never submit to his will. Too many Christians are lukewarm and don't even know that the fire has been turned out. Too many Christians know Jesus is Lord but they do not the sayings of the Master. Peter seen his error. And in the middle of this error, Peter, thank God by the grace of God, is convicted to brokenness. And he says, oh my God, I'm a sinful man. He didn't say anything about, well, Jesus, you know, you tricked me. He didn't say anything. He said, I'm a sinful man. In other words, when we don't live by the laws that proceeded out of the mouth of God, we're in direct violation of his will. And it's just 
blatantly called sin. I don't know about you, I want to go to heaven one day. Now you say, oh, oh man, yeah, yeah, I'm going too. Then today is the day of grace and mercy that we judge ourselves. That we might not be judged. And that we start living by the laws of the spirit of life. And stop the rebellious work of Satan in our life. Stop that we may be found without spot and blame when Jesus returns. I'm telling you, if I, if I could imagine my mind, I could hear them preparing. I could hear them setting the table. I could hear the saints that have already went before us. And Jesus is getting ready. It may be today, I don't know. Oh, I don't think so. I, I haven't had any witness of that. As if God is checking in with you. Father's going to lay, lean over. He's going to say, Son, go get him. And all of heaven will erupt with a sound of celebration and joy, waiting to be reunited with those that have went before us in death. And they are going to descend with one Jesus. And he's going to stop unnoticed by all of the world except those, the, ring, the remnant, the small sliver of a garment. That remnant is going to see him and behold him. No matter where when, what, it doesn't matter. They're going to see Jesus. The dead in Christ are going to be united with their corrupted bodies. They're going to be transformed. Their soul and their spirit is going to be infused back into that glorified body. And they're coming up out of that grave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe we'll sing a thousand times. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. They'll be going up, and all of a sudden you'll feel this tug. You don't know what's going on. You might think, am I dying? Oh, yes, a glorious death. You're going to be separated from your body. You're going to be transformed to have a body just like Jesus. And you're going to be caught up in the air ever to be with the Lord. What a great story.
for the remnant. What a sad story for the whole garment. Let us live by the laws of the spirit of life, not just the ones we want, not just the ones that make a good confession, not just one that everybody oohs and ahs at. I'm talking about the laws of the spirit of life, that we are to be led by by a Father that has nothing but good in store for us. Hallelujah. Everybody, please stand your feet for a few moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing... Nothing so precious to feel the cleansing of all differences between us and our God. And I don't know if you want to just stand. I don't know if you want to kneel at an altar. All I know is that this is the day that the Lord hath made and there is an abundance of grace and mercy. There is an abundance of the flow of the blood from Jeremiah waiting to cleanse us all. I'm not saying you have great sin. I, I couldn't tell you I don't live with you. I don't know the thoughts. I don't have the power to analyze your thoughts. Only God knows your thoughts. But the sins of yesterday without being dug up and laid aside will just create a whole field of bramble in your life. Oh, how I want to be ready. Just for a mega second. Well done. I don't know if I'll hear anything else after that. I'm hoping the shouts of angelic beings and saints that are there, maybe my mother, maybe my brother, my sister I don't know but when I hear well done it'll be the most joyful time of my life that I have run that race I've laid down every weight and hindrance I've kept the course I've kept the faith I've reflected the true Christ of the Bible. I wait that day in 
fearful balance. Help me to be ready, Father. Turn the light on where I cannot see. Trim my wick, God. Restore my fire and my fat passion, my faithfulness, my commitment, God. The purity of just relationship. God, that I can say one day I have not lived for any man but you. Jesus, I asked you to touch every heart and every mind. I don't know where this message came from. But God, I know it's designed by you. And I asked you, God, to touch every heart, every mind, every life, sanctify every tongue and every mouth, to cleanse our ears and our thoughts, cleanse our hands, God, as we withdraw them from things that are just not good. God, sanctify our feet as we step on a new path where the laws of God govern us and dictate us. God, visit every person right now, wherever they are, God. Just open up our hearts, God, as the spirit of conviction and sanctification fall upon us. Hallelujah. Let us find the leaven, God. Let us view our lamps. Let us look at our wicks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for chastising, correction, and love. Hallelujah. 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 You're here today and you're not a Christian. This is the best time for you to come to this altar and meet with Jesus. You're here, you're not a Christian. Right now, I invite you to come, to come. All of those of you that feel like, you know, I just want to kneel before the Lord, this altar is open for you right now. Hallelujah. <clears throat>
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
and you tell us. <clears throat> sometimes you just have to give the Lord his room to work and move and do that which he's going to do in a service that only he can do. Amen. Sweet presence of his spirit is here this morning. Pastor's going to dedicate a child over here. Your family's going to be blessed this morning by that. I'm going to ask that the band stay and continue to play while they're still ministering and still repenting and doing some things with God. Father, we just come before you today in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the convicting power of God. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that helps us to self-reflect and look in the mirror and not turn away and see who we are. God, we thank you for the laws that have been placed, God, as the collar, as if it were, to govern and guide us. Father, not to, to restrict us, but, Lord, to guide us and to keep us from those things, Father, that will lead us astray. We thank you for your word. Father, for today more than ever, we see the necessity to believe in the things that you have spoken for the fullness that they are. The fullness that they are. Father, for today we see and we choose to walk in more than we've walked in yesterday. We choose to see your word and take it for its full value and turn from the things that we've become complacent in, the things we began to settle for in our lives. Keep our minds, Father, stayed on you throughout this week. Father, we yield our bodies, our minds, our voices, our ears to you this week. Use us and guide us, God, to be vessels for you, that, Lord, we would do the work of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. You are released. We will see you on Wednesday night where Pastor will continue his revolution of faith.